0: Hello, everybody. This is Ben Jarofsky of the Chicago Reader and the Ben Jarofsky Show. You're listening to Smart Talk, and the best way to be smart is to stay home. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one.
1: And they're off. Out of the gate, it's coronavirus, followed closely behind by Wuhan-style lockdown. On the outside, it's global pandemic working hard against Flatten the Curve. Social distancing got off to a slow start, but he's now neck and neck with Flatten the Curve. On the inside, it's just a little flu followed by trusty experts. Dr. Fauci is three lengths back of the leaders. Stimulus plan is trying to squeeze by PPE as they enter the backstretch. But out on the outside, here comes economic shutdown. Open by Easter, gets bumped a little bit by Dr. Fauci. Flatten the curve with economic shutdown, our battle get out as they head past the half mile pole. They are moving at a brisk pace and all clustered together except for my bank account, which is way back in the pack. He might be injured, they might have to pull him up. Toilet paper is nowhere to be seen, he's lost in the pack. And now, cure worse than the disease is starting to make his move. And on the inside, here comes Dr. Fauci, and down the stretch they come. It's social distancing and economic shutdown now, neck and neck. I don't believe it. Dr. Fauci's trying to keep pace, and with one furlong to go, it's economic shutdown, social distancing, and Dr. Fauci, and as they come to the wire, it's... Oh, it's no one f***ing knows by a head.
2: It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, green gardening and environment radio, flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611.
1: Good planets are hard to find, temperate zones and tropical climbs, True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone on and safe sunshine. Will good planets are hard to find.
2: Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak.
1: Good planets are in the main. Right.
3: Right, indeed. Well, welcome to the show. I hope you can all hear me. I'm on the telephone because uh, that's what we're dealing with right at the top of the show. We have some technical uh, uh, situations—a situation, a technical situation—that we need to resolve here. So, welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, Peggy, are you there somewhere?
4: I'm here. Can you hear me?
3: Oh yeah, I can hear you. Hey hey! Wow. Each other on the phone. Thank you, Zoom Machine. Right, and it's uh, pouring rain here uh, in the Midwest. It's the Midwest monsoon season, which we seem to be now getting uh, every year. It's the weirdest thing. May just is relentless. In fact, we'll be talking about that
5: today Mm -hmm. with
3: meteorologist Rick DeMaio, um, uh, and we'll be talking also about people who are affected by this, and we mean farmers. Okay, this is not easy on them. And just at a time when we're ramping up farmers markets in the Midwest, this is not the best thing in the world for, for those folks.
4: Right, uh, right. All the small farmers trying to get crops in for the summer and the big farmers. It's, it's muddy out there.
3: It is. Now, not everywhere in the Midwest, but it, I'm, I was looking at the radar this morning, and there's a swath of it going through everywhere here. So we start with Janie Maxwell, the executive director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association. And uh, we'll look at Illinois farmers markets, but we're going to look at farmers markets throughout the Midwest and see what we can determine uh, what else is uh, going on and and how they're opening or how they're not opening during the uh, COVID phase. So we hope you stick around for that. It's The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki temporarily on the phone. We hope to fix that during the break. We will be right
6: back.
7: Even during the COVID-19 outbreak, Bartlett tree experts are available to help you with your tree care issues. And now, Bartlett is offering a new disinfectant application service for outdoor spaces. Because of their existing equipment, resources, and infrastructure, Bartlett has been able to make a quick transition to assist businesses and homeowners through the application of disinfected products. They can be put on walkways, patios or decks, fences, gates, playground equipment, stadium seating, park benches, outdoor furniture and tables, and most other hardscape surfaces. While these disinfectants are EPA registered, you still want to consult with a Bartlett expert who can walk you through any environmental concerns you might have and how often the product will need to be used. Give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call because even in a pandemic, every tree and open space needs a champion. Go to bartlett.com.
4: Small food operations of all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets are going through uncertain times. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has just launched a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy, which features local food providers. Here's your chance to help our small farmers and their employees get through difficult times. Write to Mike at MikeNovak.net for more information. And you listeners, buy healthy, nutritious products from these local outlets. Let's help each other out. That's Mike at MikeNovak.net.
6: Shelter in place now, you better not roam Bum, 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 it's the Pandemic Polka Oh, you're looking good, Eddie Pritzker and Lightfoot, please stay in your home Bum, 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 it's the Pandemic Polka the Pandemic Polka, Eddie It started in Wuhan, now it's round the globe When markets are la vida loca, Let's all grab a cafe mocha as we do the pandemic polka. Come
3: on, everybody. Dance yes, with me. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to polka time here on the Mike Novak <laughs> Show with Peggy Malecki. You had to know that that was going to happen at some point. At some point, we were going to get into the polka stuff. Um, that's uh, Eddie Carosa, the king of Chicago polka, with Tom Latourette. And uh, that's the pandemic polka. Uh, there will be more on the show like that today. <laughs> and I got to thank one of my listeners who sent that to me um, this week, and I said, "Oh yeah, I got a polka local. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that." So Andrew Fedorowski in uh, in uh, Evanston. Wait, he gets a ding. I don't know if you could even hear that through the telephone, but uh, how are you doing there, Peggy? You're you're on the. Uh, the, I'm, zoom machine I'm the
4: only person I can see here. I can see Janie's name. I can see Randall's name, your name. I can see me. Um, we're not, images aren't on Facebook yet. So, but I'm here. Yay.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, Janie, Janie's there too, right? Janie, we, you can speak. J- Janie is, machine, she has right? no
4: video. There's a zoom I'm here. That's okay. So we're ready to go.
3: Let's do it. Let's do it. Janie is the, Executive Director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association, and by the way, Peggy, let me know if I'm speaking too far or too close to the microphone on the phone, or if I'm muffling it, or if I drop it in my coffee. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs>
5: okay.
3: Uh, um. uh, this <laughs> this isn't exactly the way we we planned the show to start, but here we are. Uh, Jenny, Radio Peggy in Marshall a pandemic. Executive. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. I'm I'm feeling a little pandemic right now i um, the executive director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association. Um, it connects Illinois farmers markets, market managers, producers, consumers. Consumers, that means you guys, who are all out there now waiting to get into the farmers markets um, as they slowly open up in Illinois. Um, I want to say something at the outset, uh, Janie. Hang on just a second before we get to you because it's about making choices, during this situation, and especially as some states are opening up, uh, mm-hmm. some of them wisely, some of them not so wisely, like the good folks in Wisconsin who kind of stepped off the pier and into the, you know, they actually stepped off a cliff. And uh, we'll see what happens there in Wisconsin. But last week, I talked about having gone out to a store uh, for the first time in weeks, in like two months. And I think I use the word terrified. And I want to, I want to roll that back just a little bit uh, because I heard somebody this week say something that I thought was really important, which mm-hmm. is about the pandemic. Um, and, and it was, one, that we need to be smart as we do this and we slowly roll out, and Janie will be telling us what farmers markets are doing to protect you, their customers, and to protect themselves in just a second. But the other word... Is R E S P E C T respect? And that's respect for this virus, this coronavirus. The coronavirus, and a lot of people have said this, I'm not the first, a million, this has been said a million times, (laughs) but I'm going to repeat it. The virus doesn't care. Doesn't care if you're bored, doesn't care if you're stir crazy, doesn't care if the economy is going into the tank, does not care. So you need to respect this virus. So I say you don't need to fear it necessarily. You don't need to be terrified. You need to have some proper respect. That means, A, social distancing. It means, B, masks. And a lot of people are going out there now without masks. And I don't know what they're thinking. Peggy, do you have any idea what they're thinking when they go into a bar without a mask? And it's like yesterday uh, it was a serious issue. Today it's not.
4: Yeah, well, I don't know what they're thinking as they're going into a bar in general right now in the pandemic, but I think some of it is there's so much confusion. You know, this person says, well, wear and, a mask. And, and... This says, don't wear a mask, like our show opening from last week. I, um, it's confusing. Do we wear it? Does it help? Does it hurt? But I know. Yeah, um, exactly. Like with the farmer's markets, state of <laughs> Illinois says we're wearing a mask. So that's what the farmer's markets are asking everyone to do.
3: So. And, and the way I look at it, and you're right, Peggy, the way I would put it is there is no national plan, mm-hmm. period. All right? Which means that smart people like uh, Janie, Janie Maxwell, and, and smart governors and smart mayors have to do the best they can because there's no leadership on this at all. Period. Okay. I've I got getting off my soapbox. <laughs> let's talk specifically. <laughs> Let's talk specifics with uh, Janie Maxwell from the Illinois Farmers Market Association. How are you doing? Let me ask you that first, Janie.
8: Well, I'm doing very well, so thank you. But we're Uh, working really hard here trying to get uh, farmers markets to open and to open safely.
3: Exactly, and that is how we do it. Uh, At the outset, before we get into the specifics of of how you're going to do that. I was wondering, because um, I didn't find it when I was doing my research, is there a a comprehensive list yet of when and which farmers markets will open in Illinois?
8: No, and probably, probably this season, the best source of information on farmers markets is probably social media. Because what we're finding is it's one thing to keep up with your farmer's market listing during a typical season. And we have a map on our website at ilfma.org that has a map of the farmer's markets across Illinois. But to find out if your farmer's market is opening and what they're asking of their customers and which vendors are going to be available to you, that's really going to happen through social media right now.
3: Aha. Okay. Okay. Uh, and to in that regard, well, we know that for one thing, the Evanston farmers yes. market opened slowly the other week.
4: As did um, Palatine.
8: I imagine that. Yes, we're seeing more and more uh, markets open each week. Um, it's typical in northern Illinois that we don't see markets open until mid-May, early June, anyway. So we're trying to learn from the lessons that we've seen. Uh, let's say in some of the further downstate markets or maybe some of our winter markets that were actually in operation when COVID-19 hit and remained in operation. And so they've kind of set a a great example. And what we've been trying to do as an association is tell their stories and have their market managers share with other market managers and interested people uh, what it is that they did to make their market successful. What kind of things did they have to do to get their market open? And then what kind of policies and procedures have they put into place to be successful? Now, farmer's markets are, we we think we have about 300, 300 plus markets in the state and each market is as unique as the community that hosts it. So there is no cookie cutter for farmer's markets even in a normal season, but each market reflects the needs and the wants of the community. And so We've been trying to learn from the the great examples of markets that have been opening and opening successfully across the state. And we we do know that the Chicago uh, proper markets uh, have stated that they will, uh, they are closed through May 30th. And so um, that, that is what the city of Chicago is doing. Although there is a um, farmer's market collective of Mm -hmm. Chicago farmers market collective, that um, is publishing on their website a comprehensive list of the markets uh, in Chicago and then how you might connect with each of those individual markets and potentially the producers from those markets. So we're just starting to see different models. And that's why I say social media is so important right now because every single market is doing things a little bit different.
4: And it's, it's a oh, bit of a challenge, I think, in some cases for people who can't access the social media, who might need to be the people who need it the most that are on the internet, say, at a library that's also closed.
8: Exactly. So it is a challenge. Um, and I guess word of mouth is another way, you know, finding out from a neighbor or friend what they can find out about the, the local market scene. Um, but it, it is a challenge right now. And I think Our market managers are actually doing a fantastic job trying to, in many cases, they're recreating a whole market. You know, they had a plan, they had a system, and in some of our markets, the markets are run by volunteers, not even a staff member. So they're trying to put together a market that works within their local community, that follows the rules that their jurisdiction is putting forth, and then bring that every single week. It'd be one thing if it was a one-off. You know, we put all this time and this effort in, and then at the end of the day, you get to go home and put your feet up. But you have to reboot and get ready for the next week, because most of our farmers markets meet weekly uh, over about a 20-28 week uh, season.
3: Uh, I was interested in when you talked about the uh, organization of Chicago markets. That's separate from the Illinois Farmers Market Association?
8: Yeah, there. are um, you know, the state-level Farmers Market Association, we're a membership-based organization and we do a lot with education and training, promotion of markets, and then also with advocacy, trying to make sure that the barriers to running a successful <laughs> farmers markets um, get addressed. And so within that, you have different uh, regions or parts of the state and um, in the Chicagoland region, Um, the Chicago Farmers Markets collective has determined that they have some of the same similar challenge similar challenges. And so they're just working together to try and streamline some of that. And many of them share similar uh, same vendors. And so it also works in that regard.
3: Is there a place you can connect to that? Is there a place you can Is there a website? Is there a Facebook page?
8: Uh, they have a website, it's uh, Chicago Farmers market Collective.org. and then on that webpage, you'll find all the partners, and then any of those that have an online presence right now, because we know there are no physical markets, uh, that have an online presence for how you might connect with specific vendors, they're listed, and that's updated regularly. So if you're in the Chicagoland region, and you've been dependent on a market within the city, uh, this is a great resource for you, and I highly recommend you go there and check it out. I'm putting that up on the
4: Facebook feed right now. Great. Now, um, and we'll probably be getting a little bit more into this, but for the online markets where people can be ordering, um, I know there's been an issue with SNAP programs and LINK programs, which are limiting some of the access, again, to to food.
8: Right. Yeah, one of the great things that farmers markets do is provide food access, and especially in communities that have um, challenges with food access. And so through uh, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or Link here in Illinois, there is a program that is offered that through farmers markets that you get a like or you are authorized to accept Link. And then there's also a MATCH program through Link Up Illinois that allows a doubling of that, that benefit up to usually between 20 and $25, which is a huge benefit to our link users across the state, and especially in the city of Chicago. So the online system is not approved for link users. And so many of the markets, um, even as I talk to markets that are opening downstate, one of their reasons for having a Maybe they have a drive-through market, maybe they have a curbside pickup market, but they often will add the feature of being able to swipe your link card on site, because that's a really high value to a number of communities trying to offer that. Because right now, it has to be a physical on-site swipe of that link card in order to use it.
3: I'm going to let you follow up on that, Peggy. I've been uh, tweaking uh, uh, dials here, so ah, have
1: okay. at it.
4: <laughs> yes, for those who are just tuning in, um, Zoom is, has worldwide outages today. So that's why we're not on Zoom. But we are on Facebook and we are on the radio. So if you're just catching up trying to figure out what's going on here. So I, I read that only seven states are able to take online. So is, is that something that's being fast-tracked? I know that there's a bill that had gone through the Illinois House, but is that going anywhere to kind of push it or is it just sitting there?
8: Well, we have a couple layers to this issue. One is you need to, at a state level, be approved for online SNAP or link sales. Mm -hmm. And so here in Illinois, uh, there is a process for requesting that. And so there are some hiccups in that uh, for the state of Illinois that they are working on and working on, I think, pretty you know, aggressively. But the bigger issue is that even once that is approved, that would only be for big box stores or like Amazon.
4: Ooh, and wow. so
8: there is a federal need for legislation that would allow um, farmers markets to be part of the online service for the SNAP or the link benefits. So I'm worried about the 2020 season, about whether or not we can do something quickly enough. And so that's why we're really encouraging uh, farmers markets to think about ways that they might add some sort of face-to-face contact. It can be touchless. It can be, you know, within the social distance. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what,
3: um, Janie, 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 mm-hmm. Janie I'm going to have to hold on a second. got to get to a break here. We'll be back with Jamie Maxwell. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we're talking about farmers' markets reopening. We'll be right back.
9: Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but summit mosquito dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com.
4: Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, it's all about the soil biology. The folks at Blazing Star get it, which is why they work with industry leader Tinyo Biologicals. Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Take it from the people who transformed a depleted former cornfield into a vibrant native landscape. Go to blazing-star.com. And while you're there, check out their pollinator packets.
10: I'm Dr. Anthony Liesewitz, and this is Climate Connections. As the climate warms, growing seasons are becoming more erratic. That uncertainty makes it harder for farmers to decide when to plant and harvest crops. David Abaz is a farmer in northeastern Minnesota. We cannot rely, oh, May 1st, we plant lettuce. It just doesn't work that way anymore. So instead, Abbas is basing his decisions on natural signs of seasonal change, like when robins arrive in spring, the marsh marigold first flowers, or snow buntings migrate. He's matched up records of those natural events with 30 years of his own planting and harvest data. That's allowed him to see which events are good signposts. So when the dandelion flowers, we might be planting potatoes and transplanting lettuce... After a few years of experimenting, Abaz has created a site-specific farming calendar based solely on natural events. This year, he plans to rely on that instead of traditional dates. He's optimistic that the approach will help him maintain good harvests in a changing climate. And he says the process has been rewarding in other ways, too. It forces me to observe. And what's better for farming than for a farmer to be observant? Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org.
4: In the midst of a pandemic, you might be surprised to know that there are still many plant sales going on in the Chicago area. Most are online events with pickups or deliveries or both. And, of course, social distancing. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has compiled the most comprehensive list of plant sales in our region. Go to any page at mikenovac.net and click on the 2020 Chicago Area Plant Sales icon on the right side of the page. Happy gardening and stay safe.
2: In line at the checkout, so close I hear you breathe. Move back or I'll freak out. We'll both get asked to leave. i get back. You're friendly
4: and just want to say hi but you could be deadly your moist breath in my eye don't stand don't stand so don't stand so close stand so to me don't so
1: close to
3: <laughs> me please welcome back somebody had I to know do that
4: one
3: well, you know, we did the original, we had the uh, the police version, and it, just, it would only made sense that there would be many, many more versions of that particular song. And that sort of leads us right into this part of our conversation with Janie Maxwell, Executive Director of the Illinois Farmers Market Association. By the way, if you just tuned in, Zoom is down. Zoom is down. Zoom is down. Worldwide. Zoom is down. You knew that was going to happen some at some point, point. and so we've got
4: Zoom down.
3: Our, our excellent, yeah, our excellent engineers, Randall and Michael, running around like crazy, getting people on the phone. Although the weird thing is, Peggy, you've been grandfathered into Zoom, apparently.
4: Yeah, and Jamie, um, and I he, can see myself on Zoom, but I guess Randall can't. So everybody gets our, our photos online.
3: So uh, uh, this is a plea to anybody else with a competing app get it up and running. Of course, we'll have a competing app at about the same time as we get a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. So that's the way that's going to work. And, and and people are doing songs about Zoom conferences. Wow, good thing it's a Sunday, huh? Except yeah. um, we got radio shows on Sundays. So <laughs> I'm on the telephone, on the cell phone here. Uh, and, and Janie, I wanted to get into the, the specifics of what you're doing because we talked about we know that the, the farmers markets are important for keeping uh, farms uh, together and, and uh, giving, you know, customers, having customers. Uh, I, had, I got some numbers If folks. Go to my website, net, and look at the blog. Um, according to a Farmers Market Coalition member survey, Seventy-four percent of respondents reported decreased income during COVID. Ninety-three percent report added costs, including the purchase of PPE for market staff, rental of more hand-washing stations, new software or services, and additional staff to rearrange market layouts and monitor customer traffic. So even though in places uh, some of the farmers' markets are up and they're, they're, they're trying to make it work, it's still really tough, isn't it, Janie?
8: It's a lot of work, and it is some added expense. And, um, but farmers' markets are trying to be resilient and find ways around that and to get the opportunity for local product to be sold to the community because that's really what farmers' markets are about. We've enjoyed a season where farmers' markets were about so much more than the transaction of buying food or food-related and ag products but now we're going to kind of back to our roots and making sure that farmers markets open and that there's an opportunity for that type of purchase to take place because we believe that farmers markets are the best place to buy local products. It sends far more money back to your farmer. The money that is spent stays in the community. I think the food at a farmer's market tastes better. I think it probably has a higher nutritional value. There's so many reasons to shop at a farmer's market. And what we're seeing actually is even though there are maybe fewer people going to a market right now, farmers that are finding their way to a farmer's market are probably selling more than they ever have because consumers are recognizing that there's a much shorter supply chain uh, from food that comes from a farm to a farmer's market to your table rather than through the commercial ag system. Um, or the commercial food system, and then we've also seen some breaks and some um, issues with securing product within that system. And so we, we see a greater demand. So we're just trying to really encourage communities to open a market, consider the face-to-face market, because we're seeing mm-hmm. that that's the type of market that provides that open air, lots of space, uh, can be done safely, can be done in a touchless manner and provide public safety as well as vendor safety so yeah it's more expensive to operate, but I think most of our markets are working hard to get them get them moving forward and and I would yeah. imagine yeah.
4: you know the more people that come out that's that 's where the farmers are actually going to be able to make it more cost effective than have than needing to ship everywhere.
8: Right. And so I think that's what we're seeing is that if we can get um, the farmers markets open with a more traditional model, all spaced out, recognizing social distance, masks required, all those safety steps in place, hand washing, sanitation, um, that's probably the best way to allow that transaction to happen. And that will serve the most number of farmers and probably the most economical way because
3: they don't have to do any yeah, of the extra uh, steps. The, the point I would make, though, is that it's not going to be just as economical because you can't have as many people at one time in a farmer's market. It's all slowed down. You have to have extra staff. Uh, I saw graduation uh, yesterday. If you watch the uh, Obama uh, graduation talk, uh, one uh, local, I think it was local, yeah, local um, uh, a high school did a, uh social distance graduation and it took from 6 a.m. to like 6 p.m. and wow. one at a time. So that's that's the kind of thing we're talking about. So, what you well, guys have thanks. done and we just have a couple we, we just have a couple of minutes here. You've put together a toolkit. So right. folks can go to the Illinois Farmers Market Association and um I've got that on my website but it's www.ilfma.org. And the toolkit is for various folks, including uh, you, you, you have the Illinois Farmers Market Association Market Manager Guide, the Vendor Guide, the Booth Signage, the Not Ready For Signage, <laughs> uh, Not Ready For Use Signage, it's like we're Not Ready For Prime Time, uh, uh, the Volunteer Waiver Form, and the Updated Customer Guide, which just got updated a, a couple of days ago, um, and I'm going to go through real quick. It's wear a mask, follow CDC recommended hygiene. Uh, If you're not feeling well, stay home, duh. Uh, Maintain the required six feet distance between yourself, market staff, vendors, and other shoppers. And, you know, it's really hard to get people to do that, believe it or not. Uh, You say this is not a family event. Limit attendance to one member of the household. That's another thing that folks are not going to want to do. Mm Pre-order products were possible to speed up transactions. Use credit and debit cards and snap link benefits for purchases. If cash is used, do not expect change. Do not touch products at vendor stands and at home. Wash all products thoroughly before using. That's a a great list, uh, Janie. We have a minute left, so I'll let you wrap up with this.
8: Well, I would just encourage people to go to their market Uh, I think in the first two weeks of the Evanston market, they had over 2,000 people come through. Average wait time was less than 12 minutes, and it was a great day for the customer to be able to purchase goods and for the farmers to be able to sell what they had. And like I said, if a farmer's market is open, farmers are reporting maybe some of their best sales ever because the customers that are coming really want that product and they're really showing their support to the local producers by coming to the market and buying their products mm-hmm. there and we think it can be done safely and so that's really the okay goal. that's
3: that's, um, a, that's a great that's way, way to end it it can be done safely thank you Janie maxwell so much it's the mike novak show with peggy Molecki. we'll keep in touch
7: the world has changed a year ago you were growing food because it was fun now it's important. That's why you need Happy Leaf LED grow lights. Thanks to the best science, the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They're versatile, they're elegant, they have a five-year warranty, and they're made in America. Peggy and I are huge fans. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase. Go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. This is Mike Novak on the Smart Talk Radio Network with an important message about coronavirus. As we work to slow the spread of COVID-19, it's also important to take care of our animal companions, have extra food and medication on hand, and create a plan for taking care of your pets if you should get sick. Pet support services are more important than ever. Check with your local shelter or rescue to help them with a donation. Consider fostering or adopting a pet. We're all in this together. Go to humanesociety.org. From small boat
4: to your dinner table with safe, free, no-contact
7: delivery. Sitka Salmon Shares brings premium wild Alaskan seafood direct from their small boat fishermen to your door.
4: They're a community-supported fishery, offering shares just like your local CSA. All fish is wild-caught in season and with respect
7: for the limits of the ocean.
4: Line-caught, hand-processed, and traceable to their fleet. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com.
7: In the past few months, we've all learned how to be smart, indoors and out. Take that one step further by being smart with your recycling, too. Don't put personal protective equipment or PPE into recycling bins. Those items can't be recycled by your waste hauler, and you might endanger your sanitation workers. Follow the rules of your local municipality. And please don't throw PPE on the ground. A little common sense and some concern for those around us can go a long way. We're all in this together.
1: I don't want a lot for August, know that it's three months from now, but the only thing I want to get the kids out of my house, they can't take much more of Zoom, they need actual classrooms, make my wish come true.
7: Welcome back to the Mike Melbike Show with Peggy Malecki. Um, We are doing what we call a workaround. We're (laughs) working.
2: I've got the duct tape ready.
7: Thanks to Randall at the studio and Michael, uh, who uh, they cranked up the hamster cage, and (laughs) the hamsters are going full tilt boogie right now. And uh, I think this is a kind of a Google thing that uh, we're going around Zoom. Peggy, are you with me? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Uh, I, I, and the weird thing is the way it's set up on my board right now, my board at home, the only way I can hear you, Peggy, is if I push the button. So I have to talk and then I push down the button. <laughs> uh, and so I, what I should do is uh, put your lovely visage up there so that I can see uh, exactly what's going on because uh, otherwise. Except there's a delay. Okay. Well, let me do the keep eating healthy because let's 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 treat our sponsors right. So you just you just sit back there, Peggy, and smile about all of this. Uh and I'm writing a very stern letter to the Zoom people after today, after this morning. Uh we will, will you sign it, Peggy?
4: Yep. We got the Gerbils signing it too. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to the Keep Eating Healthy
7: campaign on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. The folks at Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm tell me, and just like Janie Maxwell said, uh, they've been busier than ever during the COVID crisis. They also say they've met the most amazing people in the business of feeding people. And that's one of the things that's happening. People are coming together during this crisis, especially when it involves getting food to each other. Cedar Valley, as you know, is a meat CSA. You can get beef, pork, chicken, and eggs. Kathleen, I'm having deviled eggs this morning for breakfast, Peggy, because I got some eggs from Cedar Valley yesterday. Yum. Uh, and they are very good. It was I very love deviled eggs. To, to be able to make deviled eggs, uh, and not worry about where the next batch of eggs is gonna come from. Um and, of course, all of these products are humanely raised. They feature safe social distancing pickup at various locations in and around Chicago. Now, as we get close to the grilling season, and you couldn't tell it by the uh, rain coming down. To Yeah, she's looking up. I'm looking up. <laughs> yikes. Uh, however, we are getting close to the grilling season, safely in your backyard, of course you should go to Backyard Patch Herbs. Try their hand-blended herb mixes crafted with homegrown herbs in over 35 varieties for everything from dill dip to salt-free ranch salad dressing. I don't know how you do that, but it's interesting. To marinara and salsa, as well as meat rubs, marinades, and cheese spreads. That's where the grilling comes in. It's a lot of great stuff. Here's the deal. You can use the code Mike 10, M I K E one zero and get a 10% discount. And I'm going to apologize. We should have said this a couple of weeks ago. I didn't realize that we had the 10% discount for, um, uh, for backyard patch herbs. So do it today. You're going to get these wonderful herbs and you're going to get 10% off. If you put in the code Mike 10. All right. Finally, the folks at Prairie fruits farm and creamery and champagne remind you that may is american cheese month and this is the last call for their last chance for their fresh chive lemon zest chevre see last week i learned what chevre was which means goat cheese basically this week i'm learning uh, about bloomys you could get a bloomy do you know what a bloomy is peggy yes i do and
4: it's a it's a soft cheese with a rind and the longer it's it ages. The, the rind is going to take on a uh, patina, and the, it's uh, like camembert and a couple of other styles of cheese. Well, More done. than you wanted to okay. know.
7: I didn't know that. Uh, and, and Kathleen, who's a fan of those cheeses, didn't even know the word was bloomy. So they have a wide assortment of bloomies all produced thanks to the 110 goats they're milking on their farm. I guess they just finished. uh, Order today to taste their limited selections. (laughs) Click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Help us support these great farms while they support us. Go to MikeNovak.net for more details. Uh, Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And here we are limping through
4: on the google uh, I,
7: machine uh, was, sorry i'm sorry what was that
4: we're on the google machine
7: yeah whatever that means right now we're on the google <laughs> machine uh, i'm i'm putting my hand up i'm i'm offering a cash prize of at least $20 to somebody who can come up with uh, a a new platform so that we can do our show from home you would would you kick into that uh, fee as well peggy sure Okay, and I'm looking out at uh, the rain, and again, I mentioned earlier in the show, and it's, it's hard to explain how much rain we have, and I'm mm-hmm. mad at myself because I forgot to empty my rain gauge yesterday, oh. which had like three and a half inches in, uh, and now it's going to be overflowing by the time I get to it today, I think.
4: Yeah, I, I did put out a couple of empty containers yesterday to start catching some of the rain. So I can water plants.
7: Yeah. Uh, Well, I've got, uh, you know, it's a gardening tip. One of the things I do is I leave buckets out in the yard, five-gallon buckets. I've got two five-gallon buckets that are completely filled with water right now.
4: And there's probably ducks swimming in them, too. (laughs) No, <laughs> yeah, no. The rob—well, actually,
7: the robins would drown in it. The—I ro- well, I really enjoy watching robins take baths in in the bird bath because um, <laughs> they take over. They're 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 ridiculous, um, and um, they have a lot of fun there. And some of the other birds do do too. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, since we did the bird show last week, I have seen two birds in my backyard, three, counting the one I was on the front porch. I was on the phone with you. What was mm-hmm. that? It was um a goldfinch all right so i saw the goldfinch in front went in the back saw an orange crowned warbler i'm almost certain it was an orange crowned warbler and you think it might have been right do you think it hello
4: um it i not having seen it it could have (laughs) been it's migrating through
7: Okay. No, you, you didn't see it. So you don't have to, to, to <laughs> confirm that. Okay. Uh, so I'm just saying, it could I have probably, been. and then there was another one and I have to send you a photo, which is a dark bird, completely dark, but it's not a crow and it's not a black. It, I don't think it's a black bird. It's very unusual marking, hmm. but very dark. Um, and, and I know you're going to say, well, I can't tell from that uh, what it is, but I'm going to send you a photo and maybe you can okay. help me figure it out.
4: And I had a wood thrush. Two days ago, I could hear it in the house. I re- running outside, posted to Facebook and said, OK, birding friends, what do we have here?
7: And did <laughs> they come through thrush. for you?
4: Yes. Kelsey Shaw came through.
7: All right. All right. We got to get out of here. Uh, the Mike Novak Show, Peggy Malecki, who knows what platform we'll be on when we come <laughs> back after the news. So please stick around and uh, and bear with us. This is uh, this is life in the 21st century. We'll be back in a little bit.
6: Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. And so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking.
2: Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat. and Make
7: me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, red. Please don't call in. Please don't call. We, we're, we're handling this the best we can uh, with, without extra phone calls. In fact, our next guest will probably be on the phone. Uh, if you're listening um, and listening to a struggle, we apologize. It is a uh, technical, crazy day. Here, uh, worldwide, and and some of you are listening to this uh, elsewhere, and I know uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, will be getting this next Saturday. (laughs) And And Zoom will still be down. What was that, Peggy?
4: And Zoom will still be down.
7: (laughs) Probably, probably will be, and they'll say, oh, was Zoom down last Sunday when they were doing the show? Oh, well, okay, and so we're we're just dealing with that and getting through it the, the best we can. Uh, We love you all. We love your patience. We're glad uh, you're with us. We've still got a couple of great guests today. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll get through it. Uh, And speaking of guests, um, uh, today on Playtime with Bill Turk and... Carrie Kendall? Oh, Oh. did you go away, Peggy? Okay. Mm -hmm. Today on Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall... Bill and Carrie welcome Chicago Reader publisher Tracy Bame. They'll also hear from author Miles Harvey uh, on his forthcoming book, *The King of Confidence*, and Chicago's Grammy-nominated Ray Grant will be their musical guest. Plus, Jack Nader, an incredibly talented makeup artist, will be joining in on Zoom. And uh, that might not be happening. I'm going (laughs) to warn them right now. (laughs) Bill and Carrie are are listening. He might not be on Zoom. Uh, He's supposed to be on for the full length of the show, completing a glam look from (laughs) beginning to end. Wow. Uh, This Zoom situation is certainly going to mess with that. And as always, Lainey Peterson with the Weekly Theater Report and your blame Bill. Hey, you know what, Peggy? I blame Bill for this.
4: This is a blame Bill moment. Yes.
7: Absolutely. Bill? I blame you. Uh, Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie. Wait, Bill Turk and?
4: (laughs) Carrie Kendall.
7: Thank you. Today, from 1 to 3 Central, and then today on the Elizabeth Alfano Show, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams explains the incredible work he is doing in schools and hospitals to bring in plant-based meals and implement meatless Mondays for public health and safety. It's real easy to do right now because there's nobody there. Uh, Plus, Elizabeth counts down her... Count uh, down. her tip top tips it says tip tips top tips for eating with non-vegans you'll want to take notes so join in from uh three to four central on the elizabeth alfano show
4: with elizabeth alfano
7: yeah that's that's the correct answer very good okay
4: uh, I was this attention. is uh
7: mike novak show with peggy <laughs> malecki i can't hear anything so i'm just keeping an eye on the clock here okay <laughs> We got like a, a a minute and a half before we break, and
4: well, I I think the interesting. And all I thing can is, say is thank goodness because all... I'm
7: going to have a sip of coffee and uh, maybe <laughs> half a deviled egg here, and then uh, uh, and get us going again. Um, I, I'm I, uh, I'm I'm at a loss. I'm at a, I'm sorry. I click that off, and I and I have to do this little switching here back and forth, and so I, I can't let my brain get ahead of. My mouth here, Peggy. So um, we're uh, on the Zoom meeting, um, and it's raining. Uh, what could possibly be worse than this?
4: Whack, whack, whack.
7: Although I see Dennis uh, Warnicky there uh, yes, on the. De- uh, Dennis the has machine. gotten
4: in. Yes. Well, I think the good news is it's still late May. The trees are all almost all in full leaf the flowers are beautiful the rains help in our gardens it's time to start planting time to start going to the farmers markets and it's it's spring despite zoom it's spring do you know that some kinds of landscaping services are considered essential even during this time of stay-at-home orders to prevent the spread of coronavirus bartlett tree experts knows that and they will be there when your trees need help With spring storms still a real threat, you might need to have damaged trees or limbs removed at a moment's notice. It's a matter of safety for you, your family, and the public. In addition, what if your tree, possibly an ash tree, needs its scheduled treatment to fight off emerald ash borer or other pests? The good news is that outdoor landscaping provides an opportunity for good social distancing. And Bartlett's teams have all of the resources they need to employ safe operating procedures. After all, safety has always been the linchpin of Bartlett Tree Experts. And that's not going to change now. So if you think your tree needs emergency treatment, even during this crisis, give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. From the small boat to your dinner table with safe, free, no contact delivery.
7: Sitka Salmon Shares brings premium wild Alaskan seafood direct from their small boat fishermen to your door.
4: They're a community-supported fishery, offering shares just like your local CSA.
7: All fish is wild-caught in season and with respect for the limits of the ocean.
4: Line-caught, hand-processed, and
7: traceable to their fleet. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go
4: to SitkaSalmonShares.com.
9: Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic Mosquito Dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, Mosquito Dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com.
4: In the past couple of months, we've all learned how to be smart, indoors and out. So take that one step further by being smart with your recycling, too. Don't put personal protective equipment or PPE into recycling bins. Those items can't be recycled by your waste hauler, and you might endanger our sanitation workers. And please don't throw PPE on the ground. Do we really have to tell you why? A little common sense and a lot of concern for those around us can go a long way. We're all in this together.
6: Lock the door, hit
1: the floor. It's the family lockdown boogie. Incarcerated, blood related. Family
6: lockdown boogie. Dancing queen in quarantine. Family lockdown boogie. We can't go out, so we're all about family lockdown boogie. What
7: a treat! It all right, welcome to the family lockdown boogie on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. It's uh, the weirdest situation ever. Uh, can you still hear me? I can hear you. Uh, okay, never mind. I'll just do it this way. I'm still experimenting with all these buttons and trying to make <laughs> something work, so I could actually, so I can hear myself while we hear everybody else. But it doesn't matter.
4: My uh, my video is through Google. My audio is through Zoom.
7: Is it really? Oh, that's yes. just so weird. Okay, <laughs> uh, and we're very pleased to have on our show today that guy with the hat on who claims he's not a a, a, a tech guy. And he's waving that. And Dennis is Warnicky. Is that how you pronounce your last name?
0: That is correct. Uh, and where are you this morning? I am in beautiful Spokane, Washington. Fantastic. See, it's uh, not Seattle. Peggy
7: said Seattle, but it's at, she told me the other day. I was thinking, no, they're very different. And, and people in Washington state, I know they're they're very protective of the part of the state they're in because the eastern part of the state is very different from the western part of the state.
0: Well, and we look at it, there's really only one part of the state, and that's eastern Washington. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay, you get yourself a ding.
7: Um, And uh, Dennis is a, uh, a leader in, well, biological agriculture, horticulture. You've done golf course management in the western United States and Canada, and you've been doing this for a long
0: time, haven't you? Yeah, I started back in about 1987, 1989. Um, and you work with a company called Tinyo
7: Biologicals, and you can find all the links on my website, Mike Novak.net, mikenowak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. Um, and I can tell you, two people are really happy right now that we got our tech issues at least put together with chewing gum and chicken wire. Um, and, and, and that is... Uh, Karen and Steve Wenzel, because there we go. There with Blazing Star Inc, um, a great sponsor for the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. In full disclosure, and that's kind of why Dennis is here today because they they sell products by Tinyo, and Tinyo is spelled. It sounds like T-I-N-Y hyphen O, but that's not it. No, it's T-A-I-N-I-O, um, and that's, I got it wrong before, but it's Swedish, isn't it, Dennis? Finnish, actually. Finnish, okay. I knew it's Scandinavian of some kind. Yep. And tell us, that you told me the story the other day, which is really interesting about how it got started. You could briefly do that. I just think it's it's a pretty interesting story.
0: Yeah, well, Bruce Tinyo is the developer of our products. And back in 1985, Bruce was a seed geneticist. And he found that he wasn't creating hardier plants, he was creating hardier insects and bees. An example I will give you is he would create a a wheat hybrid that was resistant to rust. Then a few years down the road, that rust would mutate and then attack attack that wheat plant. And so we see this with herbicides, we see it with insecticides, we see it with fungicides, and we see it in plants that the disease pathogens are actually mutating or changing to attack the plant. And so in 1987, uh, Bruce developed tiny biologicals and looking at biological inoculums and how through the soil we can enhance plant health and reduction to environmental stress. Uh, Simple story, Uh, but a very
7: important one because it's, about changing the culture that we set up, what, 150 years ago, basically, when we discovered the properties of NPK. And and anybody who's a gardener or a farmer knows that stands for nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And as a friend of mine explained to me uh, years ago, maybe 15 years ago, he said, you know, when we got to NPK, everybody saw, said, done. We're done. We got it. We got it fixed. We know what to do. We just throw you throw the right amount of NPK in the soil. You can grow anything you want and and we can do this forever and we can feed the world. But that's not exactly how it works, is it, Dennis?
0: No, it isn't. You know, I recommend everybody get a soil analysis. It's kind of like we're talking about here, NPK, because that's what we all believe. That's all we needed. But what I truly find is excesses cause a greater problem than deficiencies. And we need to change our mindset that we're not feeding the plant, we're feeding the soil. If we feed the soil, the plant will take care of itself. And it's, there's some really exciting research coming out there by like Dr. Uh, James White, who talks about the uh, rhizophagy cycle, rhizo meaning root, phagy meaning root eating, um, and how it will actually farm microbes within that soil environment to do a specific function It'll take those microbes into its root, digest them. It harvests all the nutrition out of that microbial body. And in some cases, that microbe dies. And in other cases, it will spit it back through the roots into the soil. And that process will happen all over again. It's just, it's really exciting. So we shouldn't feed the plant. We need to feed our soil and the plant will take care of itself.
7: And as Peggy and I have become fond of saying on the show, and you may join me for this, Peggy, it's the biology, stupid. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we don't mean to call you stupid. We just want to make people aware that for the longest time, we didn't even consider the biology of the soil. And now that's what the tiny Oak products are doing. And this is why Karen and Steve at Blazing Star... Uh, recommend them. They took a cornfield that was completely depleted and they turned it into a thriving native plant area. Um, and can't, how, how does this benefit the average gardener? I know you you, you uh, consult with farmers a lot and growers and uh, you work in orchards. Uh, you've talked about golf courses. I, I know golf course managers, and you probably do too now, who are experimenting with compost and trying to get more biology and and for years all you could think of is the golf course is the biggest wasteland uh, of all there's there's no life in that soil it's not true anymore because those guys work for that so take away the big guys the little guy like me in my backyard
0: how do, how do I benefit from tinyo products well you know tinyo has developed products which are easy to use for everybody from the home gardener of baskets on your deck to a five or 600 or 5,000 square foot garden, all the way up to a thousand, 10,000 square foot acreage of corn or wheat. Mm -hmm. So we can, we have products that are designed to fit in all those, uh, all of those scenarios. The great part about that. Containers as well. Yeah. You said containers. Yeah. Okay. Container plants on the side of your deck. We always have to look at biology being the way to get healthy nutrition to the plant. Like I was talking about earlier, let the plant decide what it wants. Let's not force feed it with what we think it wants. And that's the real, that's the key issue here is the biology will naturally make nutrition available. You know, we can talk about how they do that based on soil pH, we can talk about based on soil structure, but the foundation of all of this is the microbial community. That's mm-hmm. what makes it all available. So home gardeners, uh, you know, they can easily dust their seeds in furrow at the time of planting. They can use watering cans and water buckets and mix it up with a food source for that biology, a fish, a kelp, a humate. Um, and what we want to do, again, is we want to farm the biology or build that biology within our soil environment. And when I talk about that is we're planting seeds with these inoculants. We found a very diverse group of naturally occurring beneficial bacteria, plant growth promoting rhizobacteria, which we can re-inoculate the soil with, and it increases overall plant health. It's just really exciting where this is going. And we find that we have so much better soil health and plant health and how it's changing the environment of what we grow.
7: Uh, and I got one of your brochures here, and you might be able to see that on the screen if you're watching on whatever platform <laughs> we're on right now. Because I have no idea; I've long lost track of that. And that's so uh, the Bio uh, Garden. Uh, Bio-Garden. Yeah, Bio, bio garden products, garden prod products, including soil conditioners and foliar fertilizers, uh, bio caps, bio pellets, um, another foliar spray called leaf zyme. What do you, what's the advantage of a foliar spray? Uh, Because we're talking about soil here and soil biology.
0: So why do you have foliar products? Well, uh, as much as 80% of nutrition can be taken in to the plant from the leaf structure, Michigan State University has done some records. Uh, Dr. Jerry Hatfield with the NRCS, they all have done research. And Bruce knew this a long time ago, that Plants can absorb nutrition through the tissue. And so we can't ignore the tissue of the plant. Um, it's as important as feeding the soil because it's a two-way street. Nutrition moves up the plant to grow the plant, but it also moves back down in the way of sugars to feed them soil microbes within that uh, digestive system, within our soil environment. So. Mm-hmm. It's another way, whenever we have a plant that is not responding, maybe because of a soil tie-up, it's not available, we have a deficiency, foliar nutrition is a great way to make a correction. I almost kind of call it the IV of the plant world. If you have nutritional deficiency, you go to the hospital, they're not going to be put a big plate of food in front of you and say, eat this. They basically give you an IV, your body gets it, they send you home, and they say, okay, eat better now. The same thing holds true with the plant. We can make Small corrections in a very quick uh, process with all your nutrition.
7: Okay, uh, Peggy, I can hear you typing away. That's 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 pounding pretty good here. Uh, I can't hear it at all. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> but I can. See, there we go. Uh, we're talking to Dennis uh, Warnicky from Pineo Biologicals. You can get them at blazing-star.com. Some people say dash, blazing-star.com. Yes, Peggy.
4: So I had a question on the foliar nutrients. Um, As tomato plants sometimes start drooping a lot into the season, will this help?
0: Yeah, and all of that has to do with uh, balanced nutrition, cell development within the tissue of that plant, cell structure, and what forms of nutrition we're feeding that plant and we're not creating any excesses. So if we want a tomato plant that is healthy and vibrant and under the heat of stress, it doesn't droop and weep, we need to have calcium. We need to have that cell development. We want to plant the continually flowers. We have to balance those nutrition. And that's, that's really how foliar can help enhance what we're doing within our soil properties.
7: Okay. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, let's say you're a backyard gardener. Let's say you're a farmer. Let's say uh, you've been treating your soil with chemicals, and heavy doses of nitrogen and whatever else you're putting in there for years. How long does it take you to make this
0: kind of transition? And how do the Tinyo products help you do that? Well, you can make that transition starting today because we can't make up for the last 50 years of agriculture in one day. But we have to start today in order to make that difference. And the way to do that is through micro feeding the microbial community within your soil environment and re-inoculating that for a diversity so that we have all the players on the field. As we do that, we'll start to change soil structure. We'll start to change plant health. We'll start to change nutrient availability. We'll start to make adjustments based on pH. All of these things are critical in order to heal the soil. And basically we'll start to digest a lot of those impurities that are in that soil environment through my, uh, microbial bioremediation. That's, that's really interesting. You make a really good point. Uh,
7: your chemicals are typically not going to improve your soil structure,
0: but biology will do that pretty much every time, won't it? That is. Every time you do a biological inoculum and a food to support it, you're doing something to better that soil environment and better that plant health. Anytime we go down the road of using a herbicide or a fungicide or a insecticide, we're getting rid of the problem, but we have not done anything to fix why it was there.
7: Uh, and you mentioned with the help of, of uh, uh, sugars or fertilizers, your your biologicals are to be used with other organic products, aren't
0: they? Yeah, they're designed, uh, Steve, our chief science officer has designed that bio garden line to be a complete package. I mean, this is a wonderful product that uh, you can use as a soil inoculum, a foliar nutrition. It has a little bit of everything there and it's designed to enhance what the grower is naturally doing.
7: Well, Dennis Warnicky, I want to thank you so much and for putting up with all the technical <laughs> snafus uh, and for just being there for us. And uh, you can go to blazing-star.com for more information. They'll connect you to TinyO. Uh, all I can say is, again, thank you and good luck in the future. And I hope we talk
0: again soon. I hope so. Thank you very much, Peggy. Thanks for all your help for getting here today. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. Thank you.
10: I'm Dr. Anthony Lajewicz, and this is Climate Connections. Tea is the second most consumed drink on Earth after water. But in many places, climate change threatens tea production. For example, in Kenya and Malawi, Africa's top tea-producing countries...
7: They are experiencing warmer temperatures
10: than average and higher frequency of hot weather events. That's Neha Middle, a research fellow at the University of Leeds in the U.K., She says during a heat wave, the leaves on tea bushes can scorch and turn brown. Drought can make the problem even worse. MIDDLE is part of a project that generates site-specific predictions of future tea growing conditions in Kenya and Malawi. Growers can use the information to adapt, for example, by planting shade trees near crops or starting to grow more heat-tolerant varieties of tea.
7: It takes eight to nine years for a newly planted tea bush
10: to become productive And an average economic life cycle of a tea bush is around 60 to 80 years. So Middle says the choices growers make now will affect their livelihoods for decades to come.
3: This highlights how crucial
7: informed long-term decision-making is for the tea sector. I think to know what the future holds is really important for the industry.
10: Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. There's a new urgency for people
4: to grow their own food. And thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000 plus hour minimum lifespan and they're made in America. Go to MikeGalvac.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light.
6: Don't touch your face. Take vitamin C. Be a good girl and just wash everything. For real, don't feel. Don't let germs
9: grow. Do what you're told. Stay at home. Please don't go anywhere anymore. Just say no. Please don't go.
7: There's this is uh, more than one uh, song that has a Christmas theme in it that uh, <laughs> that has to do with COVID. And now, see, we're now we're combining all the holidays. And now, you know, there's a lot of people saying uh, there was a song I heard that says it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. And basically, the idea is that everybody's at home in their pajamas and yeah. uh, <laughs> and we're all drinking before noon. So there you <laughs> oh, go. <dude. laughs> <laughs> What's <Yeah>. the eggnog? <laughs> uh, we. We're very pleased to have Sean Ruane uh, on the Google slash Zoom slash phone Facebook. slash Facebook slash whatever it is today. Um, and he is the new brand spanking new executive director of the uh, Advocates for Urban Agriculture that's in Chicago. Let get a little ding there. You get two dings. Um, and as I we, we had him on, like for a really short time, several weeks ago, he said, I got to make this announcement. And uh, I said, you'll have like 30 seconds. Go. And uh, it wasn't quite that bad. But today you've got a little more time here. I wanted to make sure we, we got to talk to you and you, you got to explain yourself. Um, when you were on the show before uh, you were talking about an a uh, grant program. It was called the COVID-19 Farmer Support Grant. Round one, because you didn't know if there was going to be a round two. And at the time you were on the show, it was like the day before the deadline. Uh, Now they've got a little more time for round two, which I believe is May 29th, correct? Yes. Okay. And at the time you were giving small grants of $500 to $1,000 to Chicago farm businesses uh, who had been impacted by the pandemic. That seemed like a small amount of money. Uh, how did that go?
5: Yeah it you know uh, it went really well we uh, you know we really just tried to respond quickly. That was our goal. We had talked with so many different farmers operating businesses in Chicago, and you know had heard time and time again that. They were in need of supplies of cash, just, just to support different things, whether it's additional supplies, market adaptations, labor support. And so we knew they weren't huge uh, grants, but we knew that it would help in small ways for a lot of folks. Um, so we were able to award 32 grants to farm businesses in the Chicagoland area. Um, almost all of those being a thousand dollar grants. Wow. And, um, yeah. So we were really happy with how that went. Um, and, and, I don't know that I mentioned this the last time I was on, but um, we tried. We raised money in partnership with Slow Food Chicago throughout the month of April to support Mm -hmm. that grant effort. And because of the success of that fundraising campaign, we're now able to open up a second round of grants with larger amounts available to both farms and community gardens as well as collaborative projects. So it's a little bit more of an expansive opportunity. Yeah,
7: it's it, it is great. I mean, I was stunned when I saw that. Farm businesses can now apply for grants of $2,500. Community gardens apply for grants of $1,000. And in addition, up to five entities can apply for a $10,000 grant to support a collaborative project that aims to create greater access to locally sourced food in Chicagoland communities. Can I, can I have my radio show enter for, try to, get, to get that grant? We're trying to help uh, communities and farmers too. Uh, but seriously, uh, this is just, this is an indication of how well the first round went, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, not only were we really pleased with the number of grants that we were able to award out, but also just, you know, I know that this is a really challenging time for a lot of people right now in a variety of different ways. Um, but we had hoped when we opened the fundraising campaign that people who are maybe in a position to contribute would be able to do so. And we were just completely overwhelmed by the, the support we got, you know, people really recognizing the importance of locally produced food. Um, so the fact that we're able to open up this second round, larger grant amounts, kind of more diversified applications, uh, we're really grateful for all of the support we got from around the city and, um. know we're grateful that we have the opportunity as an organization to provide this opportunity for farmers and gardeners
7: uh and and your partners you have to thank as well in addition to aua advocates for urban agriculture you mentioned slow food chicago and Mm -hmm. food land opportunity flo so um it i'm i have to admit i'm kind of surprised that it seemed like you you ramped up very quickly but we're quite successful in getting your pitch out and getting contributions. How did you do that?
5: Well, yeah, really, we just, and first, yeah, I mean, Flow, without Foodland Opportunity, the support of them, we wouldn't even have been able to launch the first round in the first place. Um, and they're just a great partner of ours on a regular basis. So huge thanks to them. Um, yeah, you know, we just really tried to put other things to the side and prioritize working on this so that we could turn around – um, the reviewing the applications and getting the funds out as quickly as possible, right? Because it's um, it takes time to review grant applications, and it takes time to do all that administrative work. So we really just tried to prioritize this program so that we could get uh, funds to farmers um, by the middle of May. And we were able to do that. And we kind of have the same mindset with this upcoming grant, right? Mm-hmm. By having the applications due by May 29th, that gives us a few weeks to review those applications and get funds out to people by the middle of June, because yeah. that's when people need money. They need it now. I and saw this the, the city of
4: Chicago and the collar counties.
5: Yes.
7: Uh, yeah. And I saw, I was just gonna say, I saw the list of, of some of the, the winners and um, I imagine that even $500, you said you were ma- mainly able to give out a thousand dollar grants. So a thousand dollars is a big deal. this time isn't it have you heard any you have any particular success stories uh that you want to tell us
5: yeah we've gotten a lot of uh we've heard from a lot of the the farm businesses that have received the grant um i mean just like uh you know they're obviously just now putting the the money in into use um Mm -hmm. but just like the overwhelming gratitude that people had for us responding quickly and getting funds to them, just, um, you know, saying that this was going to help them to shift their market, to be able to do more CSA shares or that they were going to be able to afford the supplies that they were planning to purchase at the beginning of the season, that they were now worried that they might not be able to afford, um, getting additional labor support. Right. Just like all of those pieces that are essential to running a farm. And I think, you know, again, 500 to a thousand dollars might not seem like a lot, but, as we all know, farms run on very tight budgets and um, particularly urban farms. Uh, that kind of money goes a long way. And and one of the goals of this grant, too, was to try to make the funds available to businesses that don't normally have access to grant funds, right, because they're not a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and so uh, for a lot of businesses, it was maybe their first time receiving a grant like this, um, which has been huge yeah. for them.
7: Yeah, and let me, uh, because we want to move on to one more topic before we let yeah. you
5: go. Yeah,
7: uh, it's the COVID-19 Farmer Support Grant Round 2. You can find the link at mikenovac.net, or you can go to auachicago.org, and you'll find it there. It's it's right up front. It's easy to see, and uh, you've got till May 29th, and you might get $2,500 for your farm uh, if you're a community garden. I, thought, I mean, community gardens getting $1,000 is, is remarkable. Uh, and that's just uh, great stuff. And again, five, ten thousand dollar grants are possible. So do it today. All right. Meanwhile, you want it's it's pouring rain here today, but you want to talk water issues. What's up, Sean?
5: Yeah, and quick, just one other thing I want to add about the grants before we move on is there's a key distinction between the first and the second round, which is in the second round. All Illinois farm businesses who are serving Chicagoland communities with their primary markets are allowed to apply. Whereas the first round, you had to be operational in Chicagoland communities, where now it could be okay. if, you're, if you're from outside the Collar counties, but your primary markets are farmers markets in Chicago or restaurants in Chicago, you can apply for the second round of the grant. So would, that,
7: would that then apply to Wisconsin, Michigan, and Indiana farms?
5: Uh, good question. So only Illinois farms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now water. Yeah. So water. Um, Yeah. So we, you know, over the last couple of years, obviously we're really grateful that the city of Chicago has um, recognized all of the different positive contributions of urban agriculture in the city, Uh, job creation, healthy food access, green space, uh, all the environmental benefits. And so, You know, With the current situation that we're in right now because of COVID, I think we've all kind of recognized and we've seen this reflected in the uptick in CSA shares around the country that growing food locally is now more important than ever. Um, And so there's all of these different programs happening around the city to try to put more power into the hands of local food producers to get food out to people in need for that kind of emergency food response the challenge of that right now is that, uh, there's a lot of gardeners and farmers around the city that don't even have access to water. Um, and so none of that is even possible, right. If they don't first have access to water. So, um, recently, uh, the department of water management, uh, released a memo that imposed some new policies, uh, that have made it more challenging, particularly for gardens, but also for farms to have access to water through hydrants. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we, um, You know, we've been talking with the city and we're working with the city right now to try to create both some immediate and long term solutions. And I will
7: tell you, uh, you've got 30 seconds to wrap this
5: up. Okay. yeah. So I guess my my appeal would be if you are a garden or a farm who in the Chicagoland area that has been impacted by this issue. um, We've we've been reached out to by a number of probably over two dozen gardens and farms throughout the city letting us know about this problem. But if this is something that's directly affecting you, please let us know so we can continue to advocate for you in our conversations with the city so we can ensure that local food producers have affordable access to water.
7: All right. Sean, Ruane, thank you so much. I hope folks take uh, part in the COVID-19 Farmer Support Grant Program. They get back to you about the water. We're going to see you in person someday. I appreciate you being here. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, meteorologist. Rick DeMaio is next.
4: Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000 acre farm, it's all about the soil biology. The folks at Blazing Star get it, which is why they work with industry leader Tinyo Biologicals. Tineo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Take it from the people who transformed a depleted former cornfield into a vibrant native landscape. Go to blazing-star.com. And while you're there, check out their pollinator packets.
7: Even in the midst of a pandemic, you might be surprised to know that there are still a lot of plant sales going on in the Chicago area. Most are online events with pickups or deliveries or both, and of course, social distancing. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has compiled the most comprehensive list of plant sales in the region. Go to any page at MikeNovak.net, click on the 2020 Chicago area plant sales image on the right side of the page. Happy gardening and stay safe.
4: Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net or also at thegreendivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net.
7: This is Mike Novak from WCGO. During the COVID outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food and help others receive it. There's the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund, the Greater Chicago Food Depository, My Block, My Hood, My City, and more. Check out Illinois Stewardship Alliance, Chicago Farmers Market Collective, Green City Market, Naturally Chicago, for fresh food resources. There's more out there, so find it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. But welcome back did, did, did the music stop is it yes, gone the music stopped you're on so we're on all right we're live <laughs> welcome back to the mike novak <laughs> show with peggy Malecki. uh someday somebody will explain that to us are you sure are we are we here i have no idea i can hear you um but i can't hear anything else okay welcome to the keep eating healthy campaign on the mike novak show with peggy Malecki. the folks at cedar valley sustainable farm csa tell me They've been busier than ever during the COVID crisis. They also say they've met the most amazing people in the business of feeding people. Good for them. Cedar Valley is a meat CSA. You get beef, pork, chicken, and eggs, all humanely raised, and they feature safe social distancing pickup at various locations in and around Chicago. Now, as we get close to the grilling season, it ain't happening today uh, as we look outside. However, you're going to do it in your backyard safely. And you should go to Backyard Patch Herbs. Try their hand-blended herb mixes crafted with homegrown herbs. They have 35 varieties, from ev- and it's everything from dill dip to salt-free ranch salad dressing to marinara and salsa, as well as meat rubs, marinades, and cheese spreads. Get those on the grill. Use the code MIKE10, 10 uh, and get a 10% discount. That is at Backyard Patch Herbs. And then the folks at Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery and Champagne remind you that May is American Cheese Month, and this is their last call for their fresh chive lemon zest chevre. Or get a Bloomy. We found out what a Bloomy is in the first hour. It's a cheese rind found on soft cheese, like Brie and others. They have a wide assortment uh, assortment of bloomies, all produced thanks to the 110 can you imagine 110 goats being milked on the farm? That's a lot of goats. That's a lot of goats, and goats, as I say, are cool. Order today <laughs> to taste their limited selections. Click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Help us support these great farms while they support us. Go to MikeNovak.net for more details. Let's bring in meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Uh, Rick, I am building an ark starting right at 11 <laughs> o'clock today. Is that going to be a good thing?
11: you know real quickly why is that whenever you look at a goat they look like they're pissed off at you
7: <laughs> no they, they you know what they don't look like they're they they look like they don't care basically a goat i think yeah
3: it's like you're, you're like not cats. gonna touch that are you
7: right they're like
11: cats it's like um yeah i get it right <laughs> uh yeah, the yeah. an arc, you know what you don't have to build an arc, Mike and Peg. Just use the one you've had the last two maze, right?
4: Yeah, I've got chipmunks and yeah. kayaks right now.
3: There you go. Uh,
7: <laughs> as
3: and the as life preservers, I going, think they'll be okay.
7: What yeah, is go going on, on here, go on. Rick? We've got three mays in a row now where the skies just yeah. open up.
3: Yeah, you
11: know, it, it's pretty amazing because um, the pattern – which was basically a kind of a dry, warm one for the winter, Um, all of a sudden became really, really wavy in late March. And again, it pulled in tons of subtropical moisture from the Pacific Ocean, a lot of tropical moisture from the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, In fact, I was just doing some research, and, you know, subtropical Storm Arthur just formed. And do you know, guys, this is the seventh year in a row that we have had a tropical storm form in the month of may that's unprecedented i went back and looked at yeah i went back and looked at data peg uh for about the last hundred years it's actually pretty easy to do you just look up may tropical storms uh but what's also noteworthy um in the last 17 years um we've had 12 tropical storms form in the month of may so even though we had a couple of years of aberrations there The warmer – definitely the warmer waters of the Gulf of Mexico have been feeding and fueling not only the heavy rains we have here in the Midwest, but also leading to the development of tropical storms early. Now, most of those tend to kind of form east of the Atlantic seaboard, but what we've seen happen is as those storms begin to push northward, just like what happens in September and October – they tend to block the pattern a little bit. So what occurs is these systems that generally tend to be a little bit more progressive in the month of March, in late April and May, you generally tend to get these slow-moving patterns that produce heavy rain. It would be really interesting if a graduate student wants to go back and look at the development of areas of low pressure in the tropics that basically push the jet stream kind of in a bulging way northward along the East Coast, tends to enhance the slowing down of systems in the Midwest. And in addition to that, add to the ability to get long, persistent periods of heavy rain. And we've seen it now three years in a row.
7: And uh, you you sent us a text just a few minutes ago, and I'm kind of stunned by your statement. You say rain has had no impact on planting. And the reason I'm stunned by it is I got a call from yeah, our, our friend Pat,
10: Pat yeah. Skatch
7: yesterday. And he's right. he's got a fr- friend in Kankakee County, a farmer, who's corn and soybeans, 5,000 acres. And he did... Finished the, his under water. Well, yeah. He finished the planting just before the rains hit and now he's worried that the seed will be displaced and he can't really go back in and plant again because it might come up it might not you can't have competing seeds uh, in a field like that so uh, i'm interested in your statement and why you said that
3: well let's
11: let's let's talk about the statement the statement is acres planted right so you can have acres and acres planted But it doesn't mean that heavy rain may not destroy what you have planted. You follow me there?
7: Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah. they got it in the ground because there was enough dry weather to do that. Mm -hmm. And now all
11: of this. Oh,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The crop may not come up, but it's planted.
11: Correct. Correct. Yeah. So when you look at the numbers, that crop report that came out shows that as of May 10th in the year 2019, the state of Illinois had 11% corn planted. This year, it's 68. That's a lot. That's a big, big difference. And part of that is due to the fact that we really just recently in the last two weeks have had most of this rain in the month of May. The the rain that we had in in March and April was kind of few and far between, which is one Mm -hmm. of the... And also, it was quite warm, even though we had some cool spells. Those cool spells were kind of... They were kind of brief, and those really aren't going to impact Um, farmers from a standpoint of getting their crop in. So when you look at the statement, impact of planting so far in the state of Illinois, it has not been at all anywhere compared to what we had last year. Now, in Kankakee County, they had about four and a half to five inches of rain the other day. There was actually two different bands of rain that moved through, one to the south and one well to the north. In fact, it went right over O'Hare. And this rain that's coming at us now it's probably going to give us another, uh, I should say, an additional one-and-a-half to maybe three inches. So I would not be surprised when this system is all said and done. We'll probably be looking at close to six-and-a-half, maybe seven inches of rain for the month of May. And that will put us on track at least to be ahead of what we were last May when we okay. were at a record for the month and the year before when we were at the second wettest ever.
7: All right, you got like ten seconds for a forecast.
11: All right, rain today, rain tomorrow morning, and then after that, Tuesday through Saturday, dry weather with a slow warming trend. I got it in.
7: All right, talk to you next week. Until next time, Peggy, go green ore. Go home. I slept through the whole thing.
6: Well, you didn't miss much.